Hey folks, welcome to Pro Football Ireland. Uh, as we get closer to the season, we're getting to the point where it's 11 weeks to the season. Almost there. Uh, Michael McQuaid and Michaela Fagan. Delighted to be joined by a guy with the Baltimore Sun covering the Ravens and the NFL. Brian Wacker. Brian, first off, it's our first time having you on here. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. How are you doing? Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, been to Ireland a few times. Lovely country, lovely people. Looking forward, of course, to going overseas again this year uh, with the Ravens going to London. So uh, that will be fun and um, a lot to talk about, obviously, uh, uh, with the NFL. So uh, it's been a busy, busy three months. Uh, very briefly, I guess, we, we do ask everyone this, like, you know, you, you've been to Ireland. I know we, we've been talking off camera. You've been to both North and South. What did you enjoy about it? Because it's very different to Baltimore or, or Miami, where you've previously been as well. Yeah, so just don't make me pick between the north and the south because I, you know, I, I don't want to start any wars here. Uh, no, I yes, I've been there a few times. For people that don't know, I used to cover golf, the PG Tour, and of course, Rory McIlroy uh, is a huge star over in that part of the world, and uh, I've been fortunate to be over there a few times. Of course, they had the the Open Championship uh, at Portrush a few years ago and was, uh, was at that for Shane Lowry's victory there, which was fantastic. <gasps> Incredible. I was there as well. I, I don't, I don't mean to butt in, but that was, yeah, uh, Michaela, I, I know we're going to the whole golf talk now, but that I'm sure you would have said, it, and people listening to this, wherever you're in Ireland, UK, like the, the feeling that day when he won that was something I've never experienced before. It was incredible, wasn't it? It really was walking down that 18th fairway and, and, just hearing the crowd and the flags and sort of the patriotism, um, you know, it was it was spectacular. It was uh, it was a rough day, as I recall, for Rory that day, but but Shane Lowry was just brilliant and uh, really, yeah, just just a lovely part of the world. And um, I hope more people get exposed to it and get to see it. Now, jumping back into the football, because I'm not a big golf fan, I wouldn't have a lot about it. Um, of course, now we have lots of Baltimore Ravens fans in Europe, the UK and Ireland, and everyone's really excited um, to see an MVP, an MVP type quarterback playing in London, playing in the international games. Um, do you reckon a lot of um, people from the States will come over from Baltimore or, or anywhere else? Do you... Do you anticipate there be many fans going to from the USA to London for the game? You know, that'll be interesting. I imagine so. Uh, the Ravens, um, well, certainly, I, I wouldn't say aren't the most popular team in the NFL. They they certainly do have a very dedicated fan base and they're extremely popular in Baltimore. Um, I've only uh, been in the area um, now for a little bit of time, but you can tell it's a passionate fan base and, and they fill up the stadium every week and would anticipate, you know, um, folks making that trip. It's been a while. 2017 was the last time over there. Didn't go so well for the Ravens and John Harbaugh. And he was very vocal about that, of course. But, um, you know, I, I would expect there'll be a good contingent there for sure. It's funny because, look, it's it's the, it's the easy cop-out for, for any of us, including yourself, to say there's a lot of fans over there. There really is. Like the Ravens are probably one of the most stronger supported franchises outside of the big two or three teams like the, like the Packers and the Cowboys and the Giants uh, and the Patriots. There's a lot of fans in Europe, but there's also a lot of fans in the UK. And I I could really see them, Brian, filling that stadium up, which is, it's it's not an easy feat, especially when it's so difficult to get tickets. You mentioned Coach Harbour there and you, you sort of touched on it there. 
he didn't have the best experience and you know he, he was the sort of man where if you spoke to him afterwards he probably wouldn't have came back the NFL has changed now where it is I, I can't quote the league but it is very much outside of the team's grasp to an extent with this extra game and I'm sure if the Ravens go to London now and win against Tennessee they'll put that game behind them already because that stadium is extremely different to the to, to the stadium they've played in already football turf it's just a lot easier the whole process also just in my opinion yeah I mean um, look uh, it's funny John mentioned that you you mentioned that game uh, back in 2017 and he said look I I don't have any interest in going back anytime soon give that job to somebody else well now it's their job um, to go back and and he had sort of a wry smile when he found out when the schedule was announced Um, there was a suspicion of course that that happened because couple of the teams that uh, uh, are on their schedule are slated to play over there of course the Jaguars being one and that's who they played the last time over there so it seemed to make sense that the Titans uh, who are also on the schedule uh, would be the team and uh, to your point yeah look I think it's going to be very different this time from the standpoint of um, you know the Ravens are in a bit different position right now I, I would say with all the change and look we talked about this before the podcast last three months it's been a dramatic turnaround there roster makeover they've got lamar jackson locked up for five years um there's a lot of positives um you know and and they should be one of the favorites in the nfl this year um you know i think they will also learn from that experience it sounds like they will go over maybe a little earlier than they did um in their previous trip you know i think coaches and teams look they're so regimented and the, the, they really have things uh, down to an efficient level. And so when you throw an overseas trip in there, particularly when you you know you don't have a bye week the week before or the week after, which the Ravens do not have, really kind of throws a, a wrench into the schedule from from the staff's perspective, from the coach's perspective. So um, but you know, all that said, look, I, I think um, you know, they'll have have it figured out a little bit better it's it's teams have done it more often now think the routine is a little better in place and and certainly they i'm sure they learned some lessons from that last trip over talking about lamar jackson he's clearly one of the best quarterbacks in the league but one thing i've always noticed and i think a lot of people have probably talked about is that with him at the helm, they've only ever gotten as far as the divisional round. I'm um, from for someone who's an MVP quarterback, you know, there's a lot of expectations for him. He's been given that new contract. What makes you think? Why do you think the Ravens always stutter in the playoffs? And do you think it was a lack of wide receiver talent, or do you think it was something else entirely? You know, I think it's it, it, that you bring up a fascinating point, Kelly, because to your point, right, Lamar Jackson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, yet they haven't won the Super Bowl. They haven't even gotten to an AFC championship with him. Um, you know, I think there are a number of reasons here. Um, you could go back to last year. Obviously, he was hurt. He didn't play in the game. They nearly still beat the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoff game. Um, they had them right there on the two-yard line. And, of course, Tyler Huntley, the backup, tries to go in on a sneak, fumbles the ball, gets returned for a touchdown, and that's the difference. Um, you know, if Lamar Jackson's in there, I'm not sure that happens. Um, 
you know, look, this is a team that's got a world-class defense. Um, I think now they've got some more talent around Lamar Jackson, particularly at wide receiver. This was a group last year that finished last by a long way in the NFL in receiving yards. And so, um, you know, quarterbacks can only take you so far if you don't have somebody to throw the ball to. Like they certainly have that in tight end Mark Andrews. Uh, they've got a couple of promising guy, young guys and guys like Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler at tight end. They've got a trio of good running backs led by J.K. Dobbins. Very good offensive line. Obviously, the defense we've talked about. But unless you put talent around guys, they're only going to take you so far. And that's true. Of, you can look at Josh Allen. You can look at Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you can go back to to the Rams and their Super Bowl victories, Matthew Stafford and guys like Cooper Cup. I mean, Lamar can't do it all on his own. Um, also, I think we've got a new defensive coordinator this year for the Ravens in Todd Munkin. Again, Greg Roman was a guy who, you know, was a run heavy guy. Um, that's what the Ravens sort of are known for. Uh, not that they're going to completely abandon the running game, but I think you're going to see a more dynamic offense. I mean, we've already seen it in the offseason uh, portion of the workouts where, you know, this is a team that I think is going to throw more screen passes, um, certainly underneath stuff. They've done that a lot in the past. I think they will throw it downfield a bit more. Um, you will you will see more intermediate stuff to the sidelines. Um, so to me, that's, you know, they've brought in guys like Odell Beckham Jr., uh, who, of course, has questions coming off that torn ACL from a couple of years ago uh, or, or just over a year, year and a half ago. Um, Nelson Aguilar, a veteran. They drafted Zay Flowers, who's a really promising young rookie. They've got a guy in Rashad Bateman who's a talented um, wide receiver, young guy, but you know he was hurt last year. So they lost him early on. He got off to a good start, then ended up missing the, the rest of the season because of foot surgery after six games. So I think there's... Right now, this team is set up to win and win big and and go far. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they were really set up that way in, in the past five years as much as they are now. And um, you know, it'll be interesting. Of course, there's a loaded AFC, so it's it's a it's a lot of uh, a lot of hurdles to overcome. Funny because we we were talking with Jeff Reinbold, who's an analyst and the coach on our podcast network about the AFC North just yesterday on a podcast, and I was arguing with him about the Browns and how Deshaun Watson has now had that full year of you know in terms of normal in terms of normal where you know he's training, he's in the facility. You've got the Bengals trying to take the next push, and you got year two of Kenny Pickett. Like this, this division, like everyone's talking about the AFC East, right? But this division's fascinating, man, isn't it? It really, really is the AFC North. It is. Uh, look, Cleveland gives the Ravens fits every year. It doesn't matter. You throw the record book um, out the window with these two. Or actually, you can't throw it out the window because if you look at historically the 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 um, the rivalry between these two in recent years, the Browns have been right there with the Ravens, and I think they'll they're going to give them problems this year again. Um, you know, I still like the Ravens' chances in those games. Um, but to your point, you get Deshaun Watson a year in the system. You know, they've got um, some talent around him. You know, it's a rivalry game, right? Uh, Pittsburgh, there's a, a guy in Kenny Pickett and, and some young receivers there, some talented receivers there. Of course, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. 
um, you know, that team's not going anywhere. Then you can look elsewhere to your point, not just the AFC East, the AFC West. You've got what should be a better Denver Broncos team. You've got, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs and, of course, the LA Chargers. So there is a ton, a ton of talent, um, you know, in the AFC that the Ravens are going to have to deal with. And you look at the Ravens' schedule, the back half of that schedule in particular, it is not easy. There's four primetime games. All the tough games for them come in the back half of the schedule. I know it's it's not like us to sit and like let, let's go through all 16 games here. When, when you first seen the schedule for the Ravens, obviously that London game stands out. You've mentioned it already there, Brian. They have to play the Lions the week after. There, there's no rest for the wicked. In that sense, they'll be straight out. Those guys get out of Stansted Airport before we even get back to Ireland. So they'll be fine. But um, just sort of wondering your thoughts on the schedule because in terms of just the opponents that they have, they have a few tough sketches there as well, especially towards the end. Yeah, it's brutal. It's um, You've got the 49ers on Christmas night in San Francisco. You've got a Sunday night game at Jacksonville. Um, we saw what they did last year in the playoffs, um, coming back against the Chargers. You've got the Chargers on a, on a night game as well in L.A. Um, all, the, all the difficult games, guys, are at the end of the season. So to me, this is a team, when I saw the schedule, I thought, okay, this this team will probably start something like eight and two. Um, and then it gets really difficult because you're talking about some of the best teams in football uh, on their schedule. And then they close out the season with a home game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You don't know what's going to happen there either. That could be an important game for one or both of those teams. No, um, a lot of Ravens fans, and I'm sure Lamar was very excited as well while the Ravens announced that they were bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., probably one of the most famous receivers in the last couple of years. But he did have a very infamous and kind of messy exit from the Cleveland Browns. And he is coming off of back-to-back serious knee injuries. And his contract with the Ravens, it, in fairness, it's only a year, but it is worth up to $18 million. Do you think it was a bit of a risk bringing him in, just judging by his injury history over the last few seasons? I mean, sure, there's always risk when you're talking about a guy who's had two serious knee injuries, but um, I think they looked at the landscape and, you know, look, this wasn't an all-time wide receiver class in the draft. They got a very good one in Zay Flowers, a guy who rated, you know, probably number one or two on a lot of teams' draft boards in terms of wide receivers. A uh, guy who's going to, I mean, that, he's going to play right away. I mean, he's he will see a lot of action in various roles. You'll see him in the slot. You'll see him at wide. I think you'll see him run the ball a couple of times, um, you know, things like reverses. So, um, but I think they had to appease Lamar Jackson to your, you know, to what you mentioned at the start. Um, you know, he was a guy who you go back a few months who would request to be traded. And you look at last year's team, um, you know, again, this is a group that finished last in the NFL in receiving yards by a wide margin. And so they had to do something to get a wide receiver in there. Um, certainly, uh, they had salary cap issues. Uh, to your point, it's only a one-year commitment. So I think they were very smart um, in terms of their commitment level to OBJ because of those things. Um, you know, But I do think he's a guy who can be a difference maker, not just in his abilities, which look, 
clearly are, are diminished from what he was early on in his career. But we last time we saw him, this guy, you know, was probably on his way to potential MVP honors in the Super Bowl before he gets hurt. Um, what impact will that have now? Again, I, I I don't expect him to be quite the same receiver, but he, if you look at the the landscape of the roster and the receivers they have from tight end Mark Andrews, uh, their running backs can catch the ball. Bring in Zay Flowers. They bring in a veteran like Nelson Aguilar, who at least early on has developed nice chemistry with with Lamar so far. Um, and, and I think it was a smart move. They had to do something. Reportedly, that you know Lamar had demanded or. or or at least asked that they bring in Odell and uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and the response was, look, we can't bring in both guys, but we can bring in one of them. And they and they brought in Odell. And, and that's a guy who, again, I think from uh, not just his skill set, but I think his ability as a veteran guy, a leadership guy, a guy who, if you ask around the league in terms of being a good teammate, he is a good teammate. And I think he can sort of bestow some wisdom upon that otherwise young wide receiver group. They've only got a couple of guys who are uh, around 30 years old, Odell being one of them, Aguilar being another. Most of the rest of the guys are fairly young in their early to mid-20s. So I think what he brings, not just from a talent standpoint, but just from a leadership standpoint and and what he can bring to that, that room will be helpful. We have a lot of fans listening that are Ravens fans, not just in Ireland, but in the UK as well. Shout out to UK Ravens that are buzzing for this game this year. So I have to ask, Brian, I, I know you've only been covering the Ravens now with Baltimore Sun for a few months, but um, a lot of guys interested in David Ajabo. Big, big potential when he came in last year, obviously in the draft, and then he got that injury where it really sort of hampered that first year and he had a chance to come in at the end of the season. Have you had a chance to see much of him so far or is it general... Are there any whispers or for the expectation going into year two for him? It's hopefully he has a big year. Yeah, I mean certainly that's the expectation. They look, they lost uh, Calais Campbell up front and in the sack production that he brought. Justin Houston, they lost him in his sack production. Although they might be able to bring him back as a sort of um, on a on a lower deal for a veteran guy um, to have an experienced pass rusher, but. Look, there's no doubt about it. If you ask the Ravens, there is um, big expectation for David Ajabo and Adafi Awe. Um, and Ajabo, you know, look, I talked to Chuck Smith last week about this, their new in, uh, outside linebackers coach. He said he's everything he thought he was at Michigan. He's quick, he's confident, he's twitchy, high pass rush IQ, mastered a lot of moves said he's ready to have an impact right now. And, you know, in a guy like Chuck Smith, I mean, this is a guy who had, I think, 58 and a half career sacks for the Atlanta Falcons, has been teaching pass rush for 20 years. Um, I think he will have an impact on improving those guys. And and you nailed it. I mean, look, this is a guy who was hurt right out of the box last year. Gets hurt on his pro day, slips down a little bit, and, you know, I think if it wasn't for that injury, he certainly would have had a probably had a pretty good year. And you, and of course, you put him in there now with a group that includes guys like Roquan Smith uh, and, and Patrick Queen. And I think that makes those guys' job easier because of that talent level around them. So again, I expect Jabo to take a step up, and and you know, frankly, he's going to need to in order for this defense to again be one of the best in the NFL. 
We all remember when Lamar posted online that he intended on leaving the Ravens because they couldn't come to an agreement over his contract. And I know a lot of fans were were upset. You know, they were losing a franchise quarterback nearly. But now that he's signed his contract, it's all everything's fine now. But is there still members of the of the press or the fans in the city? Is there some people who are still a little bit upset that he was he went that far to nearly leave the Ravens or is it all water under the bridge now? I think it's mostly water under the bridge. I mean, certainly you have some fans, I think, who who were not happy with the way it got done or the fact that it got done at all. I'm sure some fans wanted to move on from Lamar. And certainly, um, you know, I guess that could have been a possibility. I'm not sure it ever really was a possibility, even with the trade demand. Um, I think there was a lot of fatigue at one point between the organization and Lamar over this whole situation, which is dragged out for about two years before they finally got it done. Um, that said, um, look, I think most people would be thrilled that Lamar is coming back. Um, if nothing else, it's, you know, there's commitment. There's commitment from both of them. Um, we've seen Lamar show up at the voluntary organized team activities the past few weeks. Um, he seems to, you know, have taken some strides in the offense from what we've seen. You know, look, it's only June, mid-June, so it's it's still early days, but um, I think most people will be happy. I mean, again, this is a guy who is probably a generational quarterback, and, and look, you can argue about his success and, and what he's done or hasn't done, but you know, these guys don't grow on trees. There's It's a lot harder to find them than it is to keep them. Um, and so I think the Ravens were wise to do that and at least take their shot these next five years with Lamar and say, okay, this is this is it. We're built to win now. This is our window. And let's get it done. Good to hear. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Ravens fans will be happy to hear that answer. Um, it's, it's a really interesting time in Baltimore. It's funny. Brian, because just finally, just would love to know your sort of thoughts and expectations for this team this year. There's so many people over here that have very high expectations on the Ravens, which is funny because the AFC is stacked. It's a lot easier for an analyst or for a fan to say, well, yeah, Philly will be in the NFC Championship game. But Baltimore, it's harder to know because that AFC, the, the, the conference is just completely stacked and it's anyone's game. Be intrigued to hear what you think is sort of the ceiling for this team this year and um, Big year for Coach Harbour and a big year for Lamar Jackson as well. Yeah, look, I think the ceiling is the Super Bowl, um, at least getting there. Um, there's no doubt they have the defense. Uh, the offense, I think there's still some question marks. You know, to Michaela's point, like we don't know what we're going to get out of Odell Beckham uh, in terms of production. Um, we don't really know for sure the quite the impact that Zay, a guy like Zay Flowers will have. Um, there's still questions about they're edge rushers. Uh, I think there's some questions maybe in the secondary in terms of, um, you know, how that will play out. They've had some guys uh, come and go there and at the corner and safety position. So, you know, to me, they're, they're still uh, the offensive line. There's going to be a, a competition for the left starting left guard spot um, for the second year in a row, which is, you know, not a hugely important, probably the least important position on the offensive line, but, if you're a team that's going to run a lot of screens and things of that nature, you know, you need linemen who can move and, and get out and block. Um, and so that will be important. Uh, who wins that job? So, um, you know, 
the expectation, look, I think if you're an optimist, I, I think you could say um, certainly the AFC championship. I think if you're a pessimist, you just, you, just, you know, you look at their past and you look at their history of um, since their Super Bowl win a, a decade ago, they've got just two playoff wins. Um, so not great. Now, again, some of that Lamar Jackson was hurt. Some of that Lamar Jackson didn't play well. Some of that Lamar didn't have the talent that he had around him, that, that he has around him now. So, um, but there's no question this team is built to win now uh, from the offense to the defense. But I think the bigger problem uh, is really twofold. You've got the back half of that schedule is really difficult. Um, and you don't, I'm not sure that there's a real history of teams um, having a really difficult second half of their season and then making a deep run in the playoffs. Um, and then also, I think you have to look at the rest of that conference. To your point, AFC East is loaded. You've got the New York Jets now, Buffalo Bills, you know, the, the Dolphins are coming. Uh, the Patriots, you know, you can never really count them out, I, I think. You know, they're, they're certainly on the on the backside of that. But uh, then you look at the AFC West and you've got Kansas City again. You've got, uh, you know, L.A. In, in the expectations with the Chargers, perhaps a better Broncos team, although not probably not a team that contends there uh, too deep in the playoffs. And you've got in your own backyard the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, that to me, uh, that's a lot of, lot of hurdles to overcome to get to the Super Bowl uh, this year. So uh, that said, look, you never know. Somebody gets hurt on a different team, you know, things break your certain way. It, it's it's impossible to predict. Certainly the AFC is, is far more loaded than the NFC. Um, I think the Ravens do have a tough road to get to the Super Bowl. I think certainly they could get to an AFC championship. Um, I, I think you, with this roster, I think you have to at least get to the AFC championship. Uh, anything short of that, I, I don't want to say is a failure, but is, is probably, uh, you know, underwhelming. I fully agree. I completely agree. Brian, you've been um, very gracious for your time. Really, really appreciate it, man. At Brian Wacker one on both Twitter and Instagram. Check out the Baltimore Sun for Brian's articles as well. Brian, uh, we'll happily get you a coffee or a Guinness in London, see if it travels over, and, and we'll see you soon. And enjoy uh, training camp and enjoy the start of the season. We're, we're, not, we're definitely not that long away now. Can't wait, guys. Looking forward to it. And uh, I will definitely take you off on that, on that coffee. Maybe, maybe a pint. Um, right, probably have to go to the pint, of course, right? Um, again, it's, it's truly is better over there. So, uh, at least in Ireland. So, uh, I don't, I, I'm not sure about London if it's, if it's quite, it's still better than over here. But wait until you see the delicacies around Tottenham Hospital Stadium. We will certainly try and show you anyway. Thanks so much, man. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys.